Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of, what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective? My name is Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. She's sleeping. She fell asleep. Okay, well... What? What? <laughs> what are we even doing here? Yes, what are we even doing here? And Rue is also in the room, sleeping. but she's on the Not other too. side. I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. And Rachel's here as well. So, now that we're all here, and we all know each other, doctor, 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 and doctor. Good. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community, so check out all the podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Or you can go to strivingforeternity.org, or I believe he just changed the URL, or the, bought the URL to sfe.bible. Yes, so check out all the resources from Striving for Eternity. And that's it. That's a wrap. We will see you <laughs> next week. Keep you can't singing. You can't see anybody. The, no. You can't, you can't, can't see, see them. We will hear. You can't well, hear them we won't either. Hear either. <laughs> Taste. <laughs> Keep Taste. going. <laughs> all the senses here. We will feel you next week. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, we won't. <laughs> so, anyway, this is part two. Of the two-part <laughs> podcast series that we had about fostering and adopting. In last episode, if you haven't listened, go listen to part one. Because you have to listen to part one in order to understand part two. It's kind of like... Not uh, really. No, you don't have to. It was <laughs> not even... We should have did part two first, and then did part one. Yeah, but we were too excited. Yeah, we're starting in the middle like, <laughs> of the series, and then jumble around like one of those weird movies like Quentin Tarantino movie yeah that, that I probably would never watch again but mm. anyway so this is the foster edition more details right about why we decided to foster and just the process we went through in in our state so sh- should I start with a question we had people answer questions not many questions just one question and give us questions. A lot of, th- I'm saying question <laughs> a lot. But anyway, so I put out on Twitter because we didn't have an email. We still don't have an email for you to contact us at. So I asked on Twitter, is there any questions that anyone has about fostering or adopting? Because going into it, if you don't know, you know, you might be a little scared of doing it, but we want to help you out. So. It also helps us out. So let's get to that first question. Let me pull it up on my Twitter. It comes from King Hezzy. Hmm. King Hezzy King. If you're listening, this one's for you. He's at the fake King Hezzy. So not the real King Hezzy. At the fake King Hezzy. And his question was, how much work did you guys have to do for being qualified to foster in your state. Uh, that's a yeah. great question because that's exactly what we were going to go over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, from whatever we can remember. but Yeah. Yeah, it was only two years ago. Yeah. So do you want to start answering that question or? Sure. Yeah. Step one for our state, which is New Jersey. Um, we went to an informational meeting 
And that was nice because you got a nice overview of the whole process, what to expect. Um, so you can really make a good decision based on that as to if you want to move forward or not. So from that meeting, you can, you know, sign up to proceed and then they will get in contact with you and tell you what to do next. Or you can just say, eh, this isn't for me and walk away. So <laughs> hmm. our, our, uh, our informational meeting was led by, um, Carlton from, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the guy did look like Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> so that was pretty, well, technically we went to two and they were both led by Carlton. Yeah. We went but to I think one. that was his last one doing it, right? The, oh, when really? he went the second time. I think I remember him saying they moved him to another position, but I, I could oh, be wrong. okay. Yeah, so we went to one meeting, and then we kind of had to put it off for a while because, um, I don't know. I really don't remember. But we ended up the next year going to another informational meeting to kind of start all over again. Mm -hmm. And then from there, so, it, you know, they didn't contact us right away, I want to say. But they eventually did, you know, give us a call, send us an email to set up the home inspection is they come and at least check that your home is safe and they um, measure each room for square footage each bedroom anyway they don't care how big your living room is but <laughs> um, so they check for safety you might have to do some things like you know if you have a pool you know make sure there's a fence around it if you have radiators they have to be covered if you have screens missing under windows you know whatever so they might give you checklists of things that you have to fix before they come back and recheck. So they check for that and then they check, um, they measure each bedroom to see how many kids you can potentially fit in your home. So actually, I was surprised at the amount of children they said we could have in here because <laughs> mm. we don't have a big place and we have three bedrooms and they said we could be licensed for five children. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was kind of like, oh, whoa. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, but you don't, you don't have to take five. But kids. yeah, that doesn't mean you're tied to that number, but they, they like to write it on your license just so they know that um, if they're desperate, they can beg you to take more. <laughs> mm. But at the time, so this is how we had our home set up our daughter had one bedroom we had the other and then the third bedroom i was using as a sewing room so i told them not even to include that room because i needed it as a workspace um two years later that room is now a bedroom <laughs> yeah but anyway so you can say you know don't include this room so they did put on our license three children instead of five because of that one bedroom i excluded and then after that, you are assigned a resource worker. Mm -hmm. So that resource worker then will get in touch with you to start your home study. So yeah, and I, I think at the same time they we start the home study. Don't they, didn't we get set up with? Uh, we had to make an appointment, not appointment, but figure out which classes we could take because you have to go to a training, right? right? So wasn't that at the same time we had the home study going? 
Yeah, so this was all going on at the same time. So the home study is someone coming to your home and interviewing you, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they interview uh, both parents. Uh, some of them are together. And then another session, they'll interview you one at a time. And also, they'll talk. If you have a kid that lives at your, like your own kid or whatever, they'll talk to pretty much everyone that you live with. Yeah, everyone that you live with. Yeah. If you live with your grandma, they'll Mm -hmm. interview grandma too. Yeah. So it's kind of like their way of really evaluating and like vetting you to see if you should even be a, a foster parent. Which, which I, I think is a good thing. They should, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to take a kid out of an abusive situation, they don't want to put them in another one. So they want to do their best to make sure that doesn't happen. And this is like what I realized was such a difficult job because <laughs> they ask you tough questions. So if you have anything to hide, it's going to come out. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could still hide it but we were as honest as we could be um and it got emotional at times like at the end of the thing i i told my resource my resource worker that i felt like she was a therapist because (laughs) you know i talked to her about things that i hadn't talked to anyone about um and then she kind of tested our marriage she did she did one of those things where she asks one of us a set of questions and then has the other one come and ask the same set of questions and see if your answers match up. Mm-hmm. It's like the only way. Yeah. <laughs> so she wants to see how, how your marriage is, how you're communicating, how you handle problems. Um, if you're going to buckle under pressure, that sort of thing. Have you been through any trauma? Um, are there things that you need to work through in your own personal life or mental state that will affect a child that is coming into your home that's had their own trauma so it gets it gets pretty deep I remember having uh, migraines after some of these meetings just because my emotions were so stirred up that I just (laughs) I was like wow I don't know (laughs) (sighs) like we we definitely I don't know about you Daryl but I definitely sometimes through the whole resource, I mean, through the home home study said, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like I, it's almost good to question. Yeah. Cause you know, hopefully your resource workers being honest with you about what you're getting into and you want to know as much as possible what you're getting into, even though you really don't know until you get a child placed into your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does, you know, test test the relationship, your marriage, and how you are with your other kids. Um, but just like a new, sorry, not to yeah. cut you off, but I'm just saying, even if you're um, a couple and you have a new baby, mm-hmm. that's a big test to your yeah. relationship. I remember that was the toughest time of our marriage. I think when our daughter was yeah. born. Yeah, and. We promise one day we'll we'll tell that story. <laughs> we still haven't like given our testimonies on yeah. this show. Uh, but we gave our resource worker. Our yeah, testimony. resource worker knows our testimony. I might have mentioned that in the last episode, yeah. but but yeah, um, like it, it, if 
I think if you're strong in the Lord when you're tested through these things, whether it's your own kids or foster kids, then you, you'll you'll come out well, and it helps you. It helps to sanctify you, but and to lean on Christ more. Uh, and it is. It's best to be honest, even if yeah. something's embarrassing, because um, we definitely had some some of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because they, this is their job, you know. And if there's something that you know sends up a red a red flag to them, then that's going to affect everything later, and you you wouldn't necessarily realize it until then. Like, oh, I see why this is a problem now. I should have said something before because now I can't handle this. So it's just best to be to- as honest as you can because maybe it, it, maybe it's not for you at this time. You know, maybe you need to, to do some work first, work some things out, and then revisit this. You know, it's better to just take care of all those loose ends before. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so like I was saying before, during the home study, you're taking – um, a training class now th- the way they offered it here is you can do it as a couple but if your schedules don't ma- match up you can do it separately and that's what Karen and I had to do is uh, go to separate trainings I think you finished yours before I even started mine because I had to go at night and you were able to go on Saturdays yeah I went Saturdays which was I think better because you could there was more hours on the Saturday and if you went weeknights it was less hours, so you had to do more weeknights. It wasn't mine like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something? Yeah, you had two nights a week, and I had one Saturday a week, so. Yeah. Um, but in that training, it's even it, just as intense as your home study. You're, you're learning more, you're like, trying. situations. <laughs> um, they're having, like, peop- more caseworkers come in and tell you about what they do. I think they use more examples of kids that are placed in foster care and what could happen to them and mm-hmm. uh, like try to give you some general scenarios of what you can be getting into you know a child that's been removed several times my child is removed for the first time a child that's coming out of sexual abuse a child that's coming out of physical abuse or neglect so there's all different reasons mm-hmm. why kids are removed from the ho- their home and th- but then they're also realistic and break it down to you that if you get a child not every child will stay with you and that you'll be able to adopt them. A lot of times judges will rule that the child goes back. So they try to mentally prepare you for that too. And I think that that's the reason like, uh, many people don't foster is because they hear the stories of the child being put in their house for six months, a year, two years, three years. And then eventually a judge rules, oh, they can go back to mom now or, or their, mm-hmm. their uh, birth parent. So they don't want to get into it because they're like, oh, I can't do that. That would break my heart. Mm-hmm. But that's something that... If it doesn't break your heart, then you should not right. get into this. Yeah, because you're going to get attached. To. Yeah. You're going to get attached even if the foster kid you get is, is a terrible child. Like You get <laughs> you know, a child that's come from so many th- things in their life and they just act a certain way because of that. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're a sinner. So, <laughs> so they're going to sin and then so they have you. all this other, yeah, exactly. Mm. So are you, so you have to work through that and, you know, especially if you're a Christian thinking about fostering, stop thinking about it and do it. That's like, I'm sorry. That's my <laughs> advice to you. And unless you really have a situation where you can't, 
but if you're able to like just do it there are children out there that need our help even if that child is taken away from you the time they spend with you that you're able to preach the gospel to them just plant those seeds you never know what effect that could have down in the future you know and that's that's our job and i I just want to read from the bible because that's what we do here Uh, and this verse you know might not pertain directly to this but it definitely you know has an effect and something i think about it's from james um chapter 1 verse 27 religion that is pure and undefiled before god the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world so that that section there to visit orphans and widows in their affliction so to care for orphans and widows so we're caring for a child that's basically been abandoned even if that mother is there in that house or father they're being neglected or abused so they're being abandoned they're being orphaned basically so we step in there to take care of them and also, many of these children come from a broken home where there is only a mother. So with the, the it's it's a fatherless. We're, we're to be father. The fatherless is is God, is our father. But if that father's not there, and even if that father didn't die, that woman's been left. Mm. So basically, she is a widow. She doesn't have that husband that father that's there so we we step in as christians as christian families and take care of these foster children and hopefully we get to adopt them but if not we're still making that difference by the holy spirit in us to to preach the gospel and to live as christians and take care of widows and orphans right and and part of that is also caring for their mother mm-hmm or whoever they were taken from because you're not just you're not just helping this child you're helping their family and you might you might have a relationship with them eventually you might end up being a part of their lives forever so i mean all kinds of situations can come from this if you do adopt and you keep it open you're going to still be communicating with their parent or whoever their guardian is. And you could potentially um, feed into their lives as well and affect their whole family. So you're not forced to communicate with them, but you can if you want to. You could let the department handle all the communication. Mm -hmm. And that, that might vary state to state. Yeah. If they're able to communicate with the with the foster, fam- or the with the birth family, mm-hmm. well, typically I would say they would be able to, if, as long as the birth family is not violent or <laughs> yeah, as, you know, as long, long as, as it's, it's safe. safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the choice. Like they always tell us, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, we could shut it off completely, um, but. We chose to just keep the lines open, and I always say, you know, if you ever need anything, if you ever need to reach out, I'm here. So I just wanted to make that decision because I think that's, in in this particular situation, I just think that's what's best for everybody. So. 
and we'll, we'll answer a question that kind of pertains to that that came in on Twitter uh, a little later. But just to, to kind of wrap up the process of getting certified. Um, so the, the classes, at the end of it, you get um, like a certificate. A, yeah, a certificate of completion. Uh, but I, I remember one thing that was cool was we kind of did like a <laughs> scenario. That, I don't know if you probably did it in your class too, where um, the the class teacher leaves or she has somebody else call from another room and you like answer the phone and kind of like go through the scenario of what would ha- what happens when they call you with a placement. We did not do that. You didn't do that? And uh, you didn't tell me. I didn't tell you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Our trainer was absent the last day. I wonder if that's uh, why. We yeah, had a substitute yeah, on the for last our last day. class. It was the last day. We did have a potluck, mm-hmm. though. I oh, think I brought cool. rice pudding. I don't know if we did that. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool because when it was my turn, like I got the call, and they're like, we have a, a child for you that is 16 and so I'm like, well, we can't, we can't take her. We're not certified for that, for that age group. <laughs> it was like, did I do it right, Big Shirley? All right. <laughs> Big Shirley. <laughs> yeah. The, the, we both had the same teacher, though. Mm-hmm. She was a lot of fun. Um, but it ended up, I, I loved the training because it was mm-hmm. like nice. You went on a Saturday. People always brought food to share. We had bagels, fruit, because it was all day. It was all morning, and then we had a lunch break, and then we came back. So we essentially did two sessions in mm-hmm. one in one day. And then you made friends. We shared phone numbers, and then you have other people going through the same thing. So there were some single parents doing it. There were some older people. There were There were people who were just getting licensed so they could adopt a family member's child. Mm-hmm. So that's called kinship adoption. Yeah. Um, so there was all different situations. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed the training. And then af- after that wraps up, you know, we were still going through the home study, but I think the last thing was we got to get our home inspected one more time, right? Yeah, they just had to check that we remedied anything that needed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for us, it was the radiator covers. <laughs> yeah. So they'll tell you. I'll pat myself probably, on the back for taking care of that. Yeah, wh- wherever you at, then you're at, what state you're in, they have to inspect your home. Uh, yeah, and they'll tell you if you need to update anything. They give you time to get everything fixed because they want you to be certified. You know. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to cut corners for you, but they're they'll help you. You know, if you need like outlet plugs. Yeah, they'll give you stuff. Yeah, they'll they'll give you stuff um, that you need. First aid kit. Um, what else do you need? You know, safety locks, stuff like that. Depending Mm -hmm. on, I mean, if you're not taking toddlers and babies, then some of those things you don't need. Yeah. But yeah, it depends on the age range. And then also, I think, like I said in last, um, last podcast, you can choose to be emergency foster, a regular foster home, or a foster to adopt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did foster to adopt. That's what we are. Um. So that's so. If you're not foster to adopt, and you get a child that ends up on the track to be adopted, then that child could be removed from your home and go to another foster home who is foster to adopt. Right. But I'm sure if you sign up just to foster, then you you know that's going to happen. 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the only other thing. Uh, well, you might change your mind while you're. Yeah. I mean, you can you can change your mind. Yeah, I don't think there was any. I think that was the whole process there. I don't think we left anything out. Uh, length of time that it took was about nine months. You think? Yeah, for us, I think it could vary depending on. They said mm-hmm. they were short on workers. Right. So, um, it took our resource worker a while to get back sometimes, just because of, of our caseload. Mm-hmm. And then it probably wouldn't take as long if you took your training together. Because I think you actually took yours after mine, right? Like yeah, yeah, my training or was started after yours. yours while I was finishing mine up. So, because sometimes they're not always offered, you have to wait till like the next session. Mm-hmm. So, and and other things you need to kind of have in check are um, your own medical visits and stuff. Um, they make sure you're taking care of your family, <laughs> like you're all getting to the doctor you're all getting to the dentist you're all your dog is licensed um they check your budget they give you a budget to fill out and give them they want pay stubs they want um you know proof that you're paying your bills so they want to make sure you're financially stable before you get into this um because it it could put some stress on your finances and actually maybe this is a good segue into that other question Unless you have anything else to add about the process. But that's basically it. So after they come and do that final, when they came to check the house, after the home study and the training and everything was done, when they came to do the final check, they signed the papers that day for the license. So mm. that was the final step. And then they mailed us the license. Yeah. So the the question you're referring to would be the one about costs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... This one comes from HPN at HPNCast. That is the Twitter handle. And he asked, or they asked, someone asked, <laughs> what are the monetary costs to foster slash adoption compared to, say, abortion? And a follow-up would be, do you think more people would adopt if the cost was lower? So the monetary cost for... Well, let me just say, first of all... Go ahead. This is, I'm glad somebody asked this Mm -hmm. because I always wanted to adopt. And honestly, I never even looked into it for years and years and years until somebody kind of put the foster idea into my head from church. Because I always thought it was like 20, 30 grand. And I'm like, why would I even try? Because there's no way I would ever be able to afford to adopt. So I'm wondering if other people are in that same position thinking, I could never adopt. It's so expensive. It's crazy, you know? <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, when we went to the information meeting, what did we find out? That to adopt, if you're doing foster to adopt, you don't pay anything. You pay literally. They take care of the lawyer fees. Mm-hmm. Um the court fees, everything, it cost me $4. And that's only because I got an extra birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So each birth certificate was $2. <laughs> so Yeah, so that's the way our, our state does it. They, they cover the costs because it's a state program that we're going mm-hmm. through. Um, so it's basically paid for by the state. Yeah, and even, even as it was looking like we were going to adopt... 
you know, my mother was like, are you sure it's going to be free? Because I talked to so-and-so and it was 20 grand. And I started getting nervous and I was asking my caseworker, I was like, um, we learned in training that they cover the lawyer fees and everything for adoptions. So is that, that's true, right? That's still, <laughs> and she was mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, totally. And she's like, even if there's extra costs, you can get reimbursed. So the part that says compared to, say, abortion. So, see, I don't know if you're if you're giving the rights up to your child. Like, if you just give your child up to adoption, I don't know if there's any lawyer costs for that. Mm -hmm. You know, on that side of it, if you're the birth mom, and it's different if your child's not taken away from you, but I'm sure there's ways that you can give up your child without it costing you a lawyer fee. Like mm -hmm. you can have, I, I know at least in, in, in our state, you can drop your child off at a, like, what is it called? A safe zone? Yeah. Safe haven. Safe like haven. Like a police station. Firehouse. Firehouse. No questions or asked. Hospital, well, yeah. Or a hospital. No questions asked. Within 30 days of them being born. Yeah. So, you don't have to murder your baby. Like there's <laughs> yeah. ways, and no questions asked. You you just drop, take them to a safe haven, mm -hmm. and you know you can probably even go in. You know, like you don't have to like leave it on the doorstep like we see in the movies. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and they won't. They'll you know. And you know what? I bet you they would even help you. Like <laughs> right, like, right. They would even help you through that process. Like. Or help you keep your child. But, so there, you don't have to abort. Like, I don't know what abor abortion costs, honestly. We yeah, I don't know what it is either. But I, it's, it's either I know nothing, they're trying. They're, they're I, I know they're trying to get taxpayers to pay for that, too. Right. Which is ridiculous, which I'm sure, you it's know. It's probably more than $4. We probably, we fund, <laughs> taxpayers fund Planned Parenthood anyway. But. So, so if, just, if you're thinking about adoption, look into doing the foster to adopt in your state, and this this way you you know, <laughs> it, maybe you won't get a newborn. Like we were very blessed to get a newborn. We didn't think that was going to happen, but you might get an eight year old, a six year old, a ten year old that needs a home. Mm -hmm. So, and. <sighs> All right, I'm going to go into a touchy subject. There's a lot of Christian couples, couples in general, but Christian couples who struggle to have children. You know, and maybe they take medicine or I don't know all those details. But there's so many children who are orphans. And that verse I just read, we're, we're to visit orphans, but take care of orphans as well. So if you can open your house up, and I know it's not your own child, but once you have that child in your house, your own. that's your own yeah. child. No matter how they treat you, <laughs> that is your <laughs> your child. And, and you will do the hard thing of learning to love them. And that is being Christ-like. Because this whole process, I think of... I'm, I'm going to ask that last question from... Because uh, this will kind of run right into it. And this comes from... A great Twitter friend of mine who I've met personally before I <laughs> followed him on Twitter, uh, Brad Evans at 
BDE Evans 61. He's a retired pastor, but you never retire from pastoring. <laughs> he's still pastoring. Even if he isn't pastoring a church, he's still pastoring. He's been a great friend and mentor of mine. Uh, but he asks, what would you say is the greatest challenge and the greatest blessing of fostering slash adoption? I would say that the challenge, it, it, it is hard um, when you get a new personality into your home. So, so we have a, a six-year-old who's been through a lot. And hmm. it's just, you have to remember that, that it, it's a six-year-old that's a sinner who's going to act like a six-year-old sinner that's <laughs> been through more in her six years than I have in that way. So she's going to rebel. <laughs> she's going to do things that's going to frustrate you. Hmm. You're going to tell her a million times, <laughs> don't do that. And she's going to do it. And you'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, there's times, like, I lose my sanctification. I'm like, uh, <laughs> But it, at the same time, it is make, making me more holy because you remember the gospel. You remember who you were before Christ. You were rebelling and running from God and doing everything you could to not obey because you didn't want anything to do with God. And then he breaks you, and your heart gets changed, and now you want God. Yet, as a saved Christian, you still rebel. You still have that bent mm -hmm. towards rebellion. So God will... Um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not punish, but uh, discipline. He will discipline you. But you got to remember that you hold on to the gospel, that you don't deserve salvation. You deserve damnation. So when a child, yours or a foster or an adopted child, rebels against you, <laughs> you still have to discipline. But you have to remember the gospel and, and show grace at times. But remember that in the cosmic world, you rebel against the Father, even as a saved Christian. Yet he still mm -hmm. shows you grace and discipline because he loves you. So that's the love you have to remember. So you show that love to that foster child or even your own children. So that's that's been the challenge. And the blessing at the same time. Because there, there are days when that child isn't paying attention and you think, I'm not getting anywhere. And then there are days when they are great <laughs> it's like it's like wait what <laughs> like but just just having that in your home and and just being able to bring in a child that's not your biological child and adopt them in or foster them in it's it's the gospel god saved my rebel heart and adopted me into his family and that isn't always easy to remember but you, you see it more, and that's what I, I pray for, to be more sanctified, more Christ-like in this house so I can lead this family and show them Christ, not just tell them who Jesus is, but try to live as if I actually believe <laughs> who Jesus is and what he's done for me. So that's both the challenge and the blessing for me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's really shown me where 
I'm lacking or where I really need to lean on God. And it's brought me closer to him through tough, tough days. Mm. So, and I always try to remember that I'm not suffering any more than anyone else. (laughs) But, uh, and I fail every single Mm. day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like that verse. I do what I don't want to (laughs) do. Yeah. Every single day. I wake up and pray, please, Lord, give me patience, give me wisdom. I, I need a breakthrough. I need something. But you know what? It's it's not always granted. And sometimes it takes five seconds later for me to lose my patience. So you're going to fail. It's going to be hard. It could always be worse. You know, through that chipping away, there's so much wisdom to gain. So I, I think just going through this has been really sanctifying and we still have a a lot to go uh, a lot to learn and a long way to go and we have had I think two different perspectives with our two placements so one has been less challenging than the other right now right now (laughs) (laughs) um the more mobile he gets the more challenging he is yeah and, and the more words he learns, the more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's different because, you know, one has been through a lot, and then the other has been here his whole life. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes you don't even know. Like we don't really even know the extent of the trauma. Totally, there's a lot of missing pieces that sometimes you wish you knew just so you could get a better grasp of how to deal with everything so we've come a long way I feel like we're making a lot of progress and yeah it could just be over and our hearts could be broken Mm. but I I just pray that we we have made a difference and we did teach about the Lord yeah and share the gospel and persuade the child to share the gospel yeah and that's, and even if she's taken and goes back to mom, whatever's the best for her is what we pray for. But who knows if, you know, 10 years from now, she remembers anything from here. And I want her to remember that we taught her who Christ is, who God is, and we lived as if we believed it. Because we do believe, and that's how we want to live. And And maybe, like... She gets saved 10 years from now and remembers back all, all these seeds that are planted in her life. And not just us, just the other Christians she's been able to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, what a blessing it is to be around Christians who are living what they believe. Um, and it would be great one day, if we're still doing this podcast, if we're able to announce that adoption day. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe there's another child yeah, in line for us mm-hmm. that God's getting prepared. Is that if, I, if I missed a question that you had, let me know. Contact me on Twitter. I just thought of something. You had a thought. Now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and keep listening. Share this episode. If you know anybody that's considering fostering or adopting, have them contact us if they have any questions. Again, we, we don't know all the answers for you, and we don't do this perfectly, but we want to help. So, Karen, I'm going to just pray. I don't think I've ever prayed on the podcast before, but we'll pray and then wrap it up unless you have anything else to add. But okay. I'm just going to go to the Lord. Holy Father, we thank you for being able to bring children into our home and and teach them who you are, raise them as if they're one of us, and just have that blessing in those challenges, Lord. And there's times when we ask, why are we going through this challenge? But it's, it's so we can lean on you more. So have us lean on you more to be more Christ-like. And I also want to pray for those out there who are considering fostering, adopting, but are scared to do so. Lord, just get, let them be bold and just take the chance. Take mm. the chance to get their heart broken because there are broken hearts out there. There are children who need help. So, Lord, let them get over their fears and just step out in faith and live out what they believe and just take a chance and take care of widows and orphans as you call us to do in your word, as, as pure religion, to set ourselves aside, put put our needs and our wants to the side, and live for others, to, to love you and to love our neighbor. So, so give us this, the courage, the strength, and the love to do so. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So yeah, make sure we, you check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just search, what are we even doing here? Uh, and also, we are part, like I said before, of the Christian Podcast Community. We'll probably play a commercial at the end of this. And the Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. So make sure you check us out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts. ChristianPodcastCommunity.org <laughs> That's pretty good. I like how I did that. <laughs> all right, wrap us up, Karen. All right, well, in the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God to learn what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. You know what you should be doing? Drive Fostering. safe. Fostering. Yeah, yeah. Adopting. Drive safe, Grady. should get in God's word so he can show me the way, show me the way, yeah. Okay, bye. Hey, I'm Joel. Hey, this is Troy. 
Have you ever thought about how many sermons have never been listened to because they were never recorded because they came out before recordings? On our podcast, Revive Thoughts, we take the roughly 1900 years of sermons and try to bring them back to life. We talk about the history, we talk about the setting, and every week we have a different speaker deliver these sermons for us to listen to once again. So this is your chance to listen to sermons by people like Calvin, by people like Spurgeon, by people like Knox, and maybe some people you've never heard of, like Johann Towler or Alexander White. Let us live and move and have our being and deal with men as if a dying, risen, interesting... See poor Lazarus in his full frightening misery and behind him Christ. The hand cannot alone deliver man. The body must cool. You can find Revive Thoughts on any podcast app or player that you have and at revivethoughts.com. We hope you learn something new and grow closer to God.